Chapter four part sixteen of famous stories every child should know this is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org famous stories every child should know edited by Hamilton Wright maybe chapter four part sixteen undine by Friedrich Baron de Lamotte book part 16 of what befell huldbrand afterwards shall we say alas or thank god that our grief is so often transient i speak of such grief as has its source in the wellsprings of life itself and seems so identified with our lost friend as almost to fill up the void he has left and his hallowed image seems fixed within the sanctuary of our soul until the signal of our release comes and sets us free to join him in truth a good man will not suffer this sanctuary to be disturbed yet even with him it is not the first the all-engrossing sorrow which abides new objects will intermingle and we are compelled to draw from our grief itself a fresh proof of the perishableness of earthly things alas then that our grief is transient so it was with the lord of ringstetten whether for his weal or woe the sequel of this story will show us at first he could do nothing but weep abundantly as his poor kind undine had wept when he snatched from her the beautiful gift which she thought would have comforted and pleased them so much he would then stretch out his hand as she had done and burst into tears afresh like her he secretly hoped that he might end by altogether dissolving in tears and are there not many whose minds have been visited by the same painfully pleasing thought at some season of great sorrow bertalda wept with him and they lived quietly together at ringstetten a long while cherishing the memory of undine and seeming to have forgotten their own previous attachment moreover the gentle undine often appeared to huldbrand in his dreams she would caress him meekly and fondly and depart again with tearful resignation so that when he awoke he doubted whose tears they were that bedewed his face were they hers or only his own but as time went on these visions became less frequent and the night's grief milder still he might perhaps have spent the rest of his days contentedly devoting himself to the memory of undine and keeping it alive by talking of her had not the old fisherman unexpectedly made his appearance and laid his serious commands upon bertalda his daughter to return home with him the news of undine's disappearance had reached him and he would no longer suffer bertalda to remain in the castle alone with its lord i do not ask whether my daughter cares for me or not said he her character is at stake and where that is the case nothing else is worth considering this summons from the old man and the prospect of utter loneliness amid the halls and long galleries of the castle after bertalda's departure revived in huldbrand's heart the feeling that had lain dormant and as it were buried under his mourning for undine namely his love for the fair bertalda the fisherman had many objections to their marriage undine had been very dear to the old man and he thought it hardly certain yet that his lost darling was really dead 
but if her corpse were indeed lying stiff and cold in the bed of the danube or floating down its stream to the distant ocean then bertalda ought to reproach herself for her death and it ill became her to take the place of her poor victim however the fisherman was very fond of huldbrand also the entreaties of his daughter who was now grown much more gentle and submissive had their effect and it seems that he did yield his consent at last for he remained peaceably at the castle and an express was sent for father heilman who in earlier happier days had blessed undine's and huldbrand's union that he might officiate at the knight's second marriage no sooner had the holy man read the lord of ringstetten's letter than he set forth on his way thither with far greater speed than the messenger had used to reach him if his straining haste took away his breath or if he felt his aged limbs ache with fatigue he would say to himself i may be in time to prevent a wicked deed sink not till thou hast reached the goal my withered frame and so he exerted himself afresh and pushed on without flagging or halting till late one evening he entered the shady court of ringstetten the lovers were sitting hand in hand under a tree with a thoughtful old man near them as soon as they saw father heilman they rose eagerly and advanced to meet him but he scarcely noticing their civilities begged the knight to come with him into the castle as he stared at this request and hesitated to comply the pious old priest said why indeed should i speak to you alone my lord of ringstetten what i have to say equally concerns the fisherman and bertalda and as they must sooner or later know it it had better be said now how can you be certain lord huldbrand that your own wife is indeed dead for myself i can hardly think so i will not venture to speak of things relating to her wondrous nature in truth i have no clear knowledge about it but a godly and faithful wife she proved herself beyond all about and these fourteen nights has she come to my bedside in dreams wringing her poor hands in anguish and sighing out oh stop him dear father i am yet alive oh save his life oh save his soul i understand not the meaning of the vision till your messenger came and i have now hastened hither not to join but to part those hands which may not be united in holy wedlock part from her huldbrand part from him bertalda he belongs to another see you not how his cheeks turn pale at the thought of his departed wife those are not the looks of a bridegroom and the spirit tells me this if thou leavest him not now there is joy for thee no more they all three felt at the bottom of their hearts that father heilman's words were true but they would not yield to them even the old fisherman was so blinded as to think that what had been settled between them for so many days could not now be relinquished so they resisted the priest's warnings and urged the fulfillment of their wishes with headlong gloomy determination till father heilman departed with a melancholy shake of the head without accepting even for one night their proffered hospitalities or tasting any of the refreshments they set before him but huldbrand persuaded himself that the old priest was a weak dotard and early next morning he sent to a monk from the nearest cloister who readily promised to come and marry them in a few days end of chapter four part sixteen